want you to get your Bible, and I want you to turn to Psalms chapter 103. And I want to say how much I appreciate all of our guests today. Maybe it's your first time to be with us here at Trinity, and we want you to know how much we appreciate you. Church, how do we feel about our guests? Amen. If you are a guest, we want to ask you to fill out the guest information that's located on the extreme right-hand portion of the bulletin and then bring that to us at the Welcome Center after the service. We'd love to have a chance to, to get the information and greet you and, and get to know you. We're going to send you a letter this week to tell you how glad we are that you came. And if you'd like further contact, we'd be glad to make it. Just let us know that by filling that out. If you want to call or, or whatever, we would love to call you and point you toward the website as well where you can see all the good things that are going on here, things that... Uh, there's so many of them, I'm sure, that something that you're going to see there you're going to like. And so we are so thankful, again, that you are here. God bless you. I, I want to spend a few minutes today dealing with the issue of whether or not God is good. You say, well, I already know the answer to that. Is God really good? Now, some of you would, right away, you'll say yes because you're afraid not to. The God that you grew up perhaps serving, you thought was a fellow that if you ever talked wrong or did wrong or didn't say what you're supposed to, you'd make him mad and your life would get even worse. Am I right? I say, God, is God good? And you say, yeah, he's good. Because I'm afraid to say otherwise because then things might get worse. I don't want him chasing me around this week and making it even harder on me than he already does. See, that's the concept that some people have about God. That God is sitting up somewhere up there. We look up into the sky and he's up there someplace. And he's just viewing us and looking for somebody to mess up so he can thump them real good or... Or uh, he's looking for somebody's life to make miserable or somebody's prayer not to answer this week just to see how upset they'll get, right? Is God good? Is he really good? Hmm. When was the last time that God did something that reminded you of his goodness? I'm wondering if there's anybody here that woke up this morning in pain. I mean, before you even got out of bed, you woke up and you just, you were just hurting when you, or you woke up and you were just so ill and you were sick. And, and I wonder what your first words to God were today. Were they, oh God, I'm so thankful for another day. You're so good to me. I bless you. Or were they, oh God, when are you going to heal me? When are you, how come I'm still... Hmm. I've got a few of your attention already. There's probably not anybody in this room that is having any financial difficulties. Not in this room, surely. Probably no one here that's having any type of relationship struggles or work issues or, or nobody here has any stressful decisions that they need to make. This is a room full of perfect people with no problems. This is a room full of people that got up today and your feet hit the floor and you were like, this is even better than yesterday. It's better than all the days before. My life is awesome. God is so good to some of you that you don't even need him. God is so good to some of us that we aren't even looking forward to heaven and you know that your life is too good. If your life is so good that you don't even care about heaven, then your life is too good. And guess what? Mm, it's not going to last long. 
God is not trying to make your life miserable, but he also likes for you to know that you need him. That's why we live in faith. It's not because God is opposed to us having more than we need. It's just that God enjoys the fact that you care enough about him to remember to call upon him every once in a while. You get a headache every once in a while, not so that B.C. powder can make more sales, although that's the first thing I do when I get one. I don't tempt God with my faith. You know, I know some guys, they used to preach, you know, if you get a headache, you don't take those medicines. You just ask God to heal you. And I'm like, I know God can, but he created B.C. powder and it'll do it fast. God might be on something else right now. Well, B.C. powder five minutes and he don't have to worry about me no more. I'll move on. So can he. Hmm. Every day presents new challenges and worries and struggles, doesn't it? Some of your first words today weren't, weren't words of prayer and praise. They were words of desperation. And if they were words of desperation, I wonder how much did you consider the goodness of God? There's a fellow named Philip Yancey. He's a great author. He, he, he writes a lot of books and you've probably read some of them, but one of the things he wrote, I was reading about this week about his first visit to Yellowstone national park. And he went there to see old faithful. And he said that there was just a flock of tourists gathered around the geyser waiting for the next time that it would show itself. And he said that these people were standing there with their cameras trained like weapons ready to snap the shots. And he said there was a big digital clock that he said he was, he and several others were in a dining room and, and they were in this room with this great big window that overlooked this view. And he said there was a digital clock there that everybody was watching and it got to where there was one minute until time for the, for the old guys or the old guys or old faithful to do its thing. And, and he said all of the people with one minute jumped up and they ran to the window and he said, as it began, he said, we oohed and we awed and we clicked our cameras and some even applauded. But glancing back, I noticed that not a single waiter or busboy even bothered to look up. Old Faithful had become so familiar that it had lost its power to impress them. And I wonder when I was reading that, at what point does that happen to us when it comes to recognizing the goodness of God? At what point does that happen, that he's done so many things for so long that we just expect it, don't even acknowledge it, and in fact, in order for us to even recognize that he's good, he has to go above and beyond anything he's done before. Hmm. I'm getting to this text, but I want to ask you a question. I want you just to take your Bible and... Lay it in your lap and sit there and fold your hands and just kind of draw in a deep breath. Close your eyes and think for a minute. I, I really want you to do something. I want you to remember when you first came to know our Lord. Just stop for a minute. Just stop for a minute and just put your hands in your lap. And I want you to just think about when you first came to know our Lord. I want you to remember how new everything seemed. Didn't it? You remember 
the emotions. I'm talking about the minutes after, the hours after, even a few, the first few days after it, and how all of a sudden everything started making sense and you, and you took such joy in knowing that, that you were one of God's own kids and you started learning and you started growing like a little child and everything was exciting and, and you started telling everybody about your experience. Do you remember that? And you got excited when it came time to go to church because you, you wanted to see what God was going to do this time for either you or, or maybe for someone else. You were just amazed at, at how the Lord was working in your everyday life. Because every day he was answering prayers and he was doing miracles and he was opening doors that previously had been closed. At every opportunity you were telling folks about what he was doing in your life and how he was just so good. Do you remember that? You can open your eyes again now because I don't want you going to sleep. What happened? Psalms 103 verse 2. David said, praise the Lord, my soul, and never forget all the good he's done. And then David starts listing the ways, some of the things that God has done because of his goodness. I won't read it to you exactly, but I'll just state for you some of the things that he lists there. He says, God is so good. Here's what he's done. He forgives our sins. And we would stop right there and say, well, that's enough. Because forgiveness of my sins means I don't have to go where I was going already. If God hadn't done anything other than that for me and provided Jesus for me in salvation, that would be enough. And how could we ever ask for more? And if he never did anything good besides that, that would be enough. But there's more. He forgives our sins. He heals us when we're sick. Has anybody here ever been sick? And God healed you. I'm talking miraculously healed you. I'm not talking about you had a cold and 12 days later you felt better. I had a cold and I asked him to pray for me at the church. And within two weeks I was starting to feel better. I'm talking about a miraculous situation. Which by the way it's pretty miraculous that you get better anyway. And even when things run their course that's because God heals you. I'm talking about miraculous situations where diagnosis was given and everybody knew and miraculously God touched you and healed you. This is what he's talking about. He heals us when we're sick. He rescues us from traps. Man, I've been rescued from lots of traps. I look back over my life at all the traps that were set for me to keep me from ever getting where I was going. And I'm so thankful that God in his mercy protected me from the traps. He crowns us with his mercy and compassion. He fills our lives with his blessings. He does what is right and fair. So according to David, God is good. Now my question is, has God stopped doing those things? The things I just listed, has God stopped doing those? Why no? Or have we just gotten used to old faithful and now it's not as big of a deal as it used to be? We need more. In order for us to see his goodness, we need for him to go beyond the list that David gives and we need him to do more than he's ever done before. So really what's happened, God's still good, isn't he? Who's changed in this scenario? We have. But what's caused that change? What, what has caused us to forget the goodness of God? I'm going to give you just a short list today. Get your pen, flip over the bulletin, write it down, take your Bible, write it down, write it on your neighbor's forehead, someplace where that you'll see it throughout lunch. And remember, really don't do it over here in this section. I was just, I'm just 
You guys know when I'm, you know. But we got to be specific to sometimes, I understand. But God is good, but we're just dealing with some things that cause us to wonder and to question if he's as good as he used to be. Here's three ways that cause us to wonder if God is good sometimes. We forget his goodness sometimes because, number one, of problems. Our problems change the older that we get, too. The older you get, you begin to see the results of the curse of the garden, don't you? Hmm. Not as tall as you used to be. Not as thin as you used to be. Don't, don't point, don't point. Don't, don't be unkind, don't be shouting at me right now. Not as fast, we're not as cute... We're not as much fun as we were when we were young. We, we stop running and we start limping. Somebody say amen. And used to, we could run for three miles without breaking a sweat. And now we can walk from here to there and we're just huffing and puffing. Something's happened. It's called the curse of the garden. Problems. There's all kinds of new stressors and struggles and strains and years years ago you couldn't worry because you're too busy living and now living is a constant worry itself and things are changing and problems seem to mount they get bigger and they're more and more formidable you're not indestructible anymore you're not the rock of gibraltar that you used to be for everybody you remember when you were that everybody came to you because you could solve everything and nothing got you down and nothing bothered you you have problems and everybody you know has problems and the world is more problematic than it's ever been and you feel the weight of making all those problems go away and you can't tough huh all of you control freaks say amen don't do it if there's somebody sitting next to you going she tries to fix everything. He tries to fix everything. He has to control everything. You know, I'm going to tell you all something. Control, if, if you ever, and I'm not talking to anybody specifically, but if you ever see somebody that really ha- is really controlling, let me tell you what's wrong with them. They have a fear issue. People who live in constant fear are always trying to control their surroundings. It's not because they're unkind. It's because they want everything to be right for everyone. And they figure that if they can control it and keep it in check, nobody else will ever suffer. Control and fear are tied together. There's a lesson for somebody there. If you're that person that's always trying to control things, you may be dealing with an issue of trust. You may be having to come to the Lord and say, you know what, you know, I, I'm looking through, I'm looking at this life. I'm looking at it differently than I used to. I used to be a lot more fun. All of a sudden, I'm not near as much fun. What's happened? You've lived long enough to see what bad can happen on this planet. And all of a sudden, you're trying to stop it. You're trying to control it. And you can't. Problems. Hmm. Did you know I'm told that if you, uh, and I decided to try this, if you close one eye, Close one eye and hold a penny up to the other so that you're doing like this. 
they say, I'm not outside, but I'm in here, that you can actually close out the light of the sun with a penny. I'm going to try that. That's amazing. The light of the sun can be closed out by putting a penny close enough to one open eye. What am I trying to say? Sometimes we let little bitty things hinder our vision. One penny's not shutting out the sun. The sun, the sun is still shining. It's just a penny in your eye. Some of us have got pennies in our eyes, in both of our eyes, and we're trying to cram them in other people's eyes so that they'll see nothing like we do. I'm trying to block out what could. Maybe that's what you're doing. You know, the amazing thing about the word, though, is that God tells us that if we're his child, we can cast all of our cares on him. Why don't we? Seems like a logical thing to me to do. Seems like that'd be the best. If the creator of the universe is saying to me, hey, D, when you get in a situation, just hand it over, and I would do that, it seemed like I would have so much less stress. The creator is saying, I will take that from you. I'm here for you. Hand that to me and move on with your life. Man, that'd be so much easier than me trying to block out the sun with a penny problems cause you to forget how good it is sometimes secondly is pressures if you're not careful pressures you say well pressure is the same as problems no it's not let me tell you what pressure is pressure defined is the action of a force against an opposing force i want to tell you something pressure is a good thing if you if you don't believe me go down here at the hospital and see how they stop somebody from bleeding they apply what pressure Go over here and look at a car that's been badly damaged in a car accident, one that they've had to cut the door off. And you know how they did that? With the pressure that they applied to that by the jaws of life. The jaws of life is a good thing. Pressure. Pressure is the weight or force that's produced when something presses or pushes against something else. That, that could be a really positive thing, but most of the time we equate that to the negative because we tend to be negative by nature, don't we? I like what Robert Smidgall, he made an illustration or, or gave an illustration about this. He said, think a minute about a water-saturated sponge. One is just full of water and you put it, you sit it down and you push down on it with your finger even slightly and the water starts running out of that sponge. He says it's the same. The same is true of our, of our lives. You can tell what fills us on the inside by what comes out under pressure. When we push down. Pressure is not a bad thing. Pressure can be your friend. Pressure is what causes all of us to become mature and to become better and to become contributors to, to life and those around us. So you can view pressure as a source of stress, or you, or you can use it as a challenge to yourself, view it as a good thing, even a gift from God to make you better. And the third thing that causes us to forget the goodness of God is people. It's amazing how when people disappoint us, we turn sour and we start forgetting about the goodness of God. Crazy to me that, that we would 
blame God for letting someone hurt us. We do it all the time, don't we? Somebody talked mean to me. Somebody hurt my feelings. Somebody went a whole lot, did something a whole lot worse than that. Somebody abused me. Somebody beat me. Somebody treated me with disrespect. And I can't believe God let them do that. Hmm. God didn't do that. God was the only good thing in your life that got you through that. Well, how come that person did what they did? How come God let them do that? Well, because God let them live just like you. Let's them breathe like you. Let's them make decisions like you. Let's them go through life like you. Loving them, believing in them, hoping that they'll change, hoping they'll get better just like you. And they mess up. People mess up. They do terrible, terrible things without Jesus in their life. They just do without the Holy Spirit ministering and through them and, and, and working through them. People do bad things. But that's not God. God's the good guy. To blame God for letting someone hurt us is crazy. He's the only one you can depend on 100% of the time. Frederick the Great said, the more I get to know people, the more I love my dog. We can relate. But what would your life be like all alone? Because you say, you know, I like life if it just weren't for the people. I'd like my job if it weren't for the people. I'd like my school if it weren't for the people. Only problem I have is with the people. I'm going to tell you something. It'd be a lonely planet if you were here by yourself. And you're the only one that's perfect. So can't nobody else be here but you or it's going to be messed up. What would your life be like if you were the only one here? You see, well, sometimes it'd be pretty nice. I get that, but we don't want to just a constant diet of alone because we need each other. And we're going to let each other down and... and we're going we're gonna to make mistakes, but we're all start, still worth giving a second chance. Amen? All right. Two of you believe me, and the rest of you, we're not giving you one when you need it. Because you never had a second chance. You didn't ever need one. I like what Martin Luther said. A little poem that he composed. Feelings come and feelings go and feelings are deceiving. My warrant is the word of God, not else is worth believing. Let's remember that about God today. Here's the thing that you need to keep in your mind if you're trying to consider whether God is good or not. It's not just what the scripture tells us, but it's what we're living. It's what we're seeing. His love never fails. It is unconditional. No one else will ever have unconditional love for you. I'm going to tell you something. You say, well, my spouse will. I don't know. I'm going to tell you, there are things you could do. God forbid you, you, you could have to do something really, really bad. Maybe, but you could do something really, really bad. And the person that loves you the most might turn their back on you, but God will love you forever unconditionally because his love is unfailing. Something else. His mercies are new every morning. So you go to bed at night and you say God is good. Before you wake up the next morning and your eyes open, guess what? God is still good. 
regardless of circumstances that happen through the night, even phone calls that you might get or terrible tragedies that might happen, you wake up in the morning to bad news, God is still good. And great is His faithfulness. And His grace is what? Amazing. Those are good things. Let me conclude by giving you just one last little story about a missionary named Alan Gardner. He, he was serving on the island of, the, the, of Pitkin. 1851, he was 57 years old. And he died there on that island of disease and starvation. You say, why would God let a missionary of his die? How could a good God do that? Alan Gardner died there because of disease and starvation. When they found his body, he had his diary laying there nearby him. And it, they started reading some of the things he had written. And it, it had accounts of the terrible hunger that he had gone through before he passed away. He, had, he talked there, he wrote, he had written there about how uh, the thirst had been so terrible and wounds that he had endured and loneliness that he had endured. All of these things through his diary laying there next to him. The last entry in this little book showed how much he was struggling with a shaky hand as he tried to legibly write these words. And I quote, I am overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God. He had something in his soul. He learned something that we're learning the goodness of God is not dependent upon circumstance. It's not dependent upon what you've been through or what you're going to go through. God is good. Never forget, David said, never forget God is good. A lot of other things are bad. But God can't be that bad. God can't be bad, so he can't be attributed with bad things. God is good, and everything he's about and everything he thinks and everything he does is good. He takes the blame for what others do, but it's not him. God is good. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I want you to think for just a minute about the goodness of God. So what have you said to God lately? What have you thought about him lately? What have your prayers sounded like lately? Have they been more wish lists or have they been just sentences of complaints? Or have they been... Like Jesus said when he taught the disciples, he said, they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he said, all right, when you pray, he said, start off like this. Our Father which art in heaven, man, you're awesome. Hallowed be your name. You're good. God, you're good. You're awesome. I praise you. I lift you up. I worship you. I magnify you. I bless your name. There's nobody like you, God. Nobody can compete with you nobody in front behind or on either side but God you stand alone in your goodness I, I bless you God and then our prayers go from there
at some point on down the road, way down the road after you've blessed him and you've thanked him and you've told him about his goodness and you've reminded him of all the good things he's done in your life, way on down the road, you start asking him for things and reminding him of what you need. And if your prayers have not been going that way, then you haven't really been praying according to the word. Has he heard you? Yeah, he still hears you. He still loves you. But I have a, a feeling that he's, in some sense, like a father that that loves his kids and gives them what they need anyway, whether they ask correctly or not, because he knows they have to have it. But he sure does enjoy time with the one who comes first by saying, God, you're good. God, you're good. This band is going to lead us in a final song. This is going to be the last component of our service when this is over with and we'll be praying and we'll be dismissing. But during this last song, I'm going to ask if our prayer team would come and stand across the front, face the congregation. And any of you that want to come for prayer, you can come to them. They'll pray with you for healing. They'll pray with you for salvation, whatever. But I also want to open up the altars to any of you that would say, I just want to come. I just want to kneel. I want to bring my message with me, my notes, and I want to kneel before God. And I just want to examine my life in light of this word today. I, I've been convicted, perhaps, by some of the things that you've said I needed to be reminded today that God is good. Things in my life are not all that good in some aspects, but God is good, and I want to be reminded of that. So if that's you during this song, you either come for them, come to them for prayer, or come and kneel around and pray, or wherever you're at, you can pray, or you can walk and pray. But let's make this a house of prayer again. And I would ask you, please, you know, it's 1110. I mean, it's early. So don't don't be getting up and running out. But, but honor and respect this sacred time and let God work in this place. Would you do that? Let's pray.